God, I want to talk about this movie so bad. Let's do it. I think that's that's how you do it is you don't even say your names. You just jump right into Debs. Like, who cares about the three of us? Like, Debs is what we're here for, you know? That's a fair point. Debs. Debs and Debs. You can't see me, but I did just hit a Deb. Oh, my God. What if we fucking make like a like a yearly tradition? We have a fucking holiday where we watch this movie. And dab. What do we call it Debmas? Deb Debentine's we- Day? Da- dabs for Debs. <laughs> uh, Debster? I-, I will just say that it sounds like you guys, this movie left a-, a more lasting impression on the two of you than it did on me, for sure. Like, it's not that I didn't like <laughs> um, Debs, but I well, would not watch this again, at least without the sound on. I fell asleep watching this movie i'm not gonna lie yeah it's it's a lot of like early 2000s just like standing around and talking and you're like oh wow what's going on in the background nothing oh they're in the same like storage container that they were in 40 minutes ago oh cool it's okay oh it's it's shitty green screen yeah <laughs> enjoyable nobody nobody can convince me that this movie was not ghost written by joss whedon <laughs> i mean it does have the typical joss whedon handling of women characters that's exactly it yeah <laughs> okay let's let's blast through this intro so emma okay. doesn't have to put all of this <laughs> in the patreon content okay Hello and welcome to Unsound Theories. I'm Kat. I'm Kira. And this week we have a guest. We have a guest. Hey everybody, I'm I'm Mia. Is that is that what I do? Do I jump in there or do I wait? I can wait. Here, I'll yes. wait. Yeah, yeah, just just jump okay, right yeah, in. No. Like, the devs jump into danger. <laughs> that was me jumping. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Did you land safely? No, I'm still in the air. I'm still waiting to land. It's kind of it's kind of a long jump. Um, there okay, we go. So now, it's I, like, now I've it, landed. Okay. Excellent. Now we can talk about this movie. This absolutely... Uh, I would say groundbreaking feminist text. <laughs> one of the one of the foremost feminist texts of our time, <laughs> of our time, because in this, in this movie, like eighteen years old. When did this come out? Okay, look, two thousand four. Though it's twenty twenty, we don't have time anymore. Also, the two of us are kind of old. Yeah, that's fair. That's true. What was I doing in two thousand four? I was in middle school i was about to graduate from high school i'll say my age on this podcast i was 10 and i was not watching deb's in theaters i wasn't allowed to because it's rated pg-13 <laughs> and it has gays it has the gays in it Mm-hmm. i can summarize this movie in one sentence okay what if spy kids was about college girls and also it's a lesbian rom-com, and also it's weirdly obsessed with smoking. Okay, that's that's one run-on sentence you've got there. I mean, I, mean, I would have liked a little clarification that that sentence would have lasted 45 minutes, for fuck's sake. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was one sentence. So. Yeah, so I, I've got some headcanons about this movie that I think make the movie more worthwhile, and like it probably is the reason why I actually enjoyed the movie somewhat. Yeah. Um, my headcanon is that the main character, uh, Amy, is trans. Mm-hmm. You thought Amy was trans? Yeah. I thought a different character was trans. Oh, okay. Mia, did you have a trans canon? Um, no, I was just trying to stay awake for this whole thing. I mean, usually <laughs> when I watch it, like, I just watched Blair Witch Project last night, and I was like, Heather's fucking trans. Like, that is such a go-to for me, and it's so easy. But I can't do that just by mm-hmm. looking at a character doing a backflip and be like, she's trans as hell. Like, you have to get more of a feel for the character than that. Oh. I didn't even check IMDb. I don't know these people's names. Yeah, no, we usually don't check any of that until after we finished watching the movie. 
<laughs> and like finished doing the whole discussion. We only know Amy because there's a scene where the villain character writes on a piece like, of like pulls out a fucking scanner for their house. That's like, here's not Amy. Here's also not Amy. Here's not Amy. This is Amy. Oh, sure. Sure. <laughs> there's also the fact that you know, there's the scene where she shoots up a like bat signal that says amy be mine oh yeah oh that's right that's right amy is all over this movie isn't it yeah did you know their house's force field was plaid yeah they're just really big clueless fans honestly <laughs> i mean like uh, okay but who isn't a big clueless fan i mean like that movie is incredible that's true the first time i watched clueless um if we're gonna go down this detour the first time i watched clueless was with somebody who i didn't particularly like very much um and she loves clueless and so as we were watching like before we watched it she like got dressed up in her most clueless outfit that she had it was like a um yeah it was like a plaid skirt and like a sweater and then throughout the movie she would she would quote the movie as it was happening or sometimes right after a joke would happen, or she would laugh way too hard. Oh, no. Um, and so I only really watched that movie and enjoyed it uh, two weeks ago. So it's fresh on the mind. Okay. Yeah, the first time I watched it, I was... I had a cold and I was staying home from school and it was on one of the movie channels in like the 300s. Oh, perfect Clueless time. Do you think this movie takes place in the Clueless verse? That's a good point. Does it take place? It could. I mean, we don't know. Maybe they talk in like very like, uh, I don't know. What is the word? Like flowery dialogue. Like it's a bit Shakespearean and clueless. So like I didn't get the impression that they would talk that way in this movie, but maybe they're doing it and True. we just wouldn't know. Yeah, clueless has like that weird mix of like heavy reliance on like real, real powerful vocal fry mm-hmm. and Shakespearean dialectics. <laughs> That's true. I wouldn't really know because I've never watched Clueless with the sound of the subtitles on, but um, it's it did seem like they were doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Kat, why did you think Amy was trans? So, like, she, she was the tallest member of the spy group. Okay. She seemed to be the most, like, uncomfortable with, like, the weird hyper feminine roles that were placed on her. So, like, I, I don't know if she was okay. maybe just like non-binary, but that's possible. The the like the vibe that I got from her was that she was dating that fucking DHS guy. Fuck no, DHS. You mean you mean discount David Boreanaz? <laughs> you mean do you mean do you mean fifteen year old me in uh, art class in high school tried to draw David Boreanis and drew that guy. <laughs> I, I, I guess that if I knew who David yes. Boreanis was, I would probably agree with you. Yeah. He's a- Angel from Buffy. Was he, was, was he in Bones? Bones is he Bones on Bones? Okay. Great. Yeah. He's but bo- he what well, yeah, he's the guy. He in was Bones' Bones's boyfriend. Oh, okay. Wait, so did did you get to the reason that you thought that Amy was trans or did you not end up saying that she, and we interrupted okay, you? Okay, no, the, the reason that I thought she was trans is she put like a bunch of extra salt on her food. No, that was not her. <laughs> that wasn't Amy. No, this was the other white girl. It, it was the it was the other girl with the with the pigtails, with the braids, with the with the frilly coat. Shirt. Oh, my God. OK, I just completely swapped them in my brain when I fell asleep watching this movie. Yeah, no, I 100 percent keyed in on her going whole hog on that salt. <laughs> Wait, so so did you pick up the movie again and finish it or did you not end up doing that? Oh, no, I finished the movie. I, I oh, like great, it was great, one great, of those great. like falling asleep for a couple of seconds that yeah like i'll I'll, like close my eyes and then like be like wait i need to be awake Mm -hmm. yeah um so i decided when i was gonna watch this that i was gonna do something fun and like really show you guys up with my dedication to this whole project um okay so so i synced up deb's to uh the pink floyd album the dark side of the moon much like oh my you would God, do with Wizard amazing. of Oz. Um, okay, yes. so you did a Deb side of the moon. <laughs> yes. So what I didn't realize was um, one that I was playing it on my Alexa. So every time that I said anything even similar to Alexa or the album did itself, that the ex- Alexa would pause and then I would have to pause the movie, you know, because you can't get Ooh. it out of sync. Um, right. The, the other was that that album is about 42 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so at some well, point there almost... was a long, a long pause. And I was like, is that in the album? I don't remember this album very well. Maybe there's just like a two minute pause. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I guess I need to find a new album. So I tried syncing it up to um, Cheap Queen by King Princess. And that okay. did not work even slightly. That was not as good. Um, okay, but, but how did Deb Side of the Moon go? De- Deb Side of the Moon was pretty sick. And I guess that when, when you watch Wizard of Oz with Dark Side of the Moon, you just replay the album in the middle. Um, yeah, you do the same thing with Blurt Side of the Moon. That That's right. So that's what I should have done, honestly. Um, but there were a lot of lines where it did line up. Um, it also made the the intro like look very James Bondish. Like, I don't know what that I was supposed bet. to sound like, but it was it was very. Um, what's the Adele song from from Skyfall? It was just like that. I think it was just called Skyfall. I'm pretty sure it was Skyfall. That's right. Uh, Yeah. And then that's right, because that's what she sings in the chorus to the song. I'm stupid. Um, And there were a lot of moments where like where like almost synced up, but then it didn't by a few seconds. And I was like, oh, I guess I synced it up wrong. Yeah, that sounds Um, like user error. Clearly, they made it (laughs) intentionally. Yeah. The the only part that it really, really worked was when they were... um, trying to spy on Jordana Brewster's character and they were like over her in the restaurant and then the 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 bracelet fell in her soup um when that happened uh it, that was like the pivotal moment in the great gig in the sky and i was like oh okay Ooh, so this is working that's perfect <clears throat> yeah okay now i kind of want to get high and watch this movie again <laughs> and then also of the moon it and then also later on when the um, I don't know any of their names, when the when the black girl was like going to fight Jordana Brewster's character, it went into this song that felt very Kill Bill. And I was like, oh, this is like aesthetic. I'm I'm into this now. OK, That's we've very really good. do have to redo this then. Uh, yeah. shit. Do we need to Honestly, you should, you should try it every week. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, maybe if you do this enough times, you'll find movies that it works for. Like, who knows? Like maybe oh, Cloverfield for and movie. Dark Side of the Moon is actually I wonder good. If it- I wonder if we could do um, the Bill Murray Garfield movie and do Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty good. Garf, Garf Side of the Moon. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking now about. Can there we do a... Donnie Darko Side of the Moon? That could work. Uh, I think that, was, that would work too well, Twitter. though. There, there would be no ironic detachment to it. Because the reason the Wizard of Oz yeah, is that's fun true. or Debs is that, like, this isn't supposed to be really intense. So, like, with Donnie Darko, it would just make Donnie Darko less good. Right. That's why it works with Paul Blart Mall Cop, too. Fair. Is Donnie Darko good? Donnie Darko is not good, but the only good thing about Donnie Darko is the music. So, you know. Okay. I've never seen it. It was one of those edgy, like, 14, well, 15. Go, go back in time to when you were 15 and watch it then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there's no point in watching it now. It's revolutionary when you're 15. Last, yeah, last I year, I thought that it would be fun um, for Thanksgiving 2018 to make it my Thanksgiving tradition that I watch Donnie Darko um, and force whoever I'm having Thanksgiving with to watch it with me. And it did not even work one time. Not even the first time were people <laughs> into this tradition. <laughs> <laughs> but I did try again in 2019, and it also did not work. See, I did the same thing, only with Con Air. Con Air? Yes. On on Thanksgiving or on a different holiday? Uh, no, on Thanksgiving, because I mm-hmm. go and I hang out with... Um, I have to do two Thanksgivings, Canadian and American. So for American Thanksgiving... Sure. You I got did... your Con Air Thanksgiving and your Donnie Darko Thanksgiving. That's a good point. I'll have to bring that up with Emma. Get, like, a bunch of, like, knockoff... Um, movie props from donnie darko and everyone has to like do a scavenger hunt to find the movie props and then you can watch the movie wait what if you watch both of the movies simultaneously and see if they sync up (laughs) do we do the audio from one of the (laughs) we you know what i'm 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 watching all of uh, all of the shrek movies on cynical cartoons this month and i really genuinely wanted to get all four shrek films playing all at once on different screens to see if there were like moments where it was meant to sync up like that um i don't think i have enough screens or devices to make that happen but i was very excited about the concept okay mia you mentioned the scene where they're spying at the restaurant (laughs) Mm -hmm. we have to talk about that oh we absolutely do uh 
because they're just kind of hanging on swings from the right. ceiling <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. in the restaurant. Fully. Well, that's, that's how you do like, it. Like, have you ever spied on anybody before? Because it sounds like you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I, I just want to know haven't. what. I just want to know what kind of restaurant has like ceilings the size of like the Capitol building. Like, there's uh, like how <laughs> high are the ceilings in that place? Well, they weren't like that high because there was like the point when she looks up and sees them, which like I'm a hundred percent positive they were just in field of view, mm-hmm. like off the bat. Like, there's no way. Somebody for sure. Like, at some point, somebody must have looked up in that room, you know? Yeah. Right, that's, like, sh- but she looks up at the waiter when they order their drinks. Exactly. And I would have thought that's exactly when she would have seen them. But no, we have the bracelet business that, like... Listen, it's it's not as interesting for a character to just look up and see people. It has to be a fuck up on our protagonist part, you know? Even though she's such a competent know, spy, she has to fuck it up somehow. Exactly. Well, her weird boyfriend fucked it up. Right, exactly. In that moment, I'm looking at the scene as we're talking about it. And it seems like she is uncomfortable because the guy is trying to put the thing on her. And she's mm-hmm. not into guys. And so she gets, um, she gay panics, I guess, is how I would phrase that. Was she, was he putting it on? I thought he was taking it off because they were like breaking up. Oh, I maybe. thought they fully had a little breakup scene right there while surveilling. That's the vibe that I got too. Um, also, I now realize uh, now that you mentioned gay panic, I realize why um, what's her name did not see them hanging from the ceiling, and this is because she was on a date with the other villain girl, with the Russian lady. Yes. Oh. I was going to say gays can't look up, but that makes a little bit more sense. Gays, much like deers and pigs, don't look up. <laughs> <laughs> so she was just fully focused on this girl in front of her, like tunnel visioning, like, oh, my God, I'm so gay. Why am I on a date with a girl? Oh, my God. Well, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, I mean, I mean, I'm looking at the scene right now and it seems like the other girl is like mean or maybe like sloppy drunk and Jordana Brewster's kind of pissed off. So it seems like maybe well, they're breaking up too. Oh, because the other girl doesn't doesn't she doesn't seem oh, like enamored with her the way that she is with Amy. True. It's also, I think, worth noting that Jordana Brewster or Lucy Diamond, as she's referred to. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, Lucy Diamond orders some wine, uh-huh. and then the lady she's on the date with is like, "I'll have a vodka." Well, she's Russian. Because obviously the whole Russian spy ordering a vodka is like, just, you know, really have to sell the vague ethnic stereotypes. Exactly. Um, But I think we need to circle back because we haven't talked about Lucy Diamond's plan yet. She had a plan? (laughs) Yes. Yes. I, this is, maybe I'm misreading it from the context clues, but I think she was trying to build a giant diamond based space laser to blow up Australia. Mm. Oh, Whoa. yeah, I see that now. It's, Do you think? Yeah, I mean, because later on in the movie, are, are you talking about like later on in the movie during her montage where she's like singing and doing villainy? Because I thought that they were just like stealing money. Uh, yeah, this was like just straight up at like right after the diner scene when they go to um, when they first introduce Lucy Diamond and uh, Mary from Psych. And they have. Oh, my God. These people, the 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 Debs agency has the most buck wild way of presenting information to their agents. <laughs> it's really it's, fun. It's insane. <laughs> how much just like moving shit they throw at you i paused a couple of times during this because there was one point where they had a bunch of like i I guess like known associates or like henchmen on the screen and some they were all named one of them was 25 cent uh (laughs) one of them was tauntaun uh big star wars fan (laughs) And they all looked like the nerdiest little shitheads I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like, these are like the producer's kids or something. Like, stuff them in a locker kind of nerds. 
My favorite character in the movie, whose name I don't know, and I really don't know anything about him, is um, maybe his name was Scud, or was the villains are all Scud? I don't remember. Oh, um, you mean Scarface? Scarface yeah. is what I named him. That's right, Jimmy Simps or whatever his name is, because he looks like the only thing he's ever listened to is in his entire life is ska. Yeah, that's true. He does look very Scottish. Um, I liked him a lot. He's great. He he is an actor that's sort of in more things now. Like he was in like HBO's Westworld and he's in Always Sunny and stuff. But in the early 2000s, sometimes you'll be watching a movie and he'll just like crop up. Like he's in Zodiac. He's in, uh, if you guys have seen Stay Alive, the Frankie Muniz video game horror mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. That's, so, uh, he's also Mary in Psych. The- oh, so that so that's who you were talking about. Yeah, he's the criminologist okay. who specifically studies uh, like a serial killer that is like a repeat villain in the show. Okay, I didn't know any of this. It's so funny that you just said a little while ago that you are, I think, four years older than me, and yet our our ideals of what is good TV to watch is so different. I've never seen Twin Peaks. I've never seen Psych, and I've watched so much TV in my life. How do you think I feel? So. I, I will clarify that I was like literally born when Tweed Peaks was ending. I watched it you like were a baby six years Twin ago Peaks. or something like that. <laughs> Just a little baby. Like, I wonder what the mystery. Uh, so one of my coworkers actually has a story where uh-huh. uh, she was very heavily pregnant with her son when Twin Peaks was on TV. And it did one of the Twin Peaks like scary moments because like Twin Peaks is famous for the, you know, to yeah, a little bit less than 90s tv friendly scary moments Mm -hmm. and it like frightened her so much that she went into labor oh my god so her son is a twin peaks baby that's incredible i love that oh my god that's so good did did she name the kiddo after a character in the show or did she name the kiddo after david lynch no, and no. Nah, that's not an acceptable answer. <laughs> At least name the kid David. I mean, be subtle about you it. Can you can take know? it up with my coworker Hank if you would okay. like. I'll give you her number. Yes. Okay, I will. Are you doing that on the podcast? You go, you'll just, do it after the show. I'm you don't want to dox Hank. I will literally, I'll text her right now. <laughs> I don't actually have her cell phone number. It'd have to be her work number. <laughs> That's uh, better. I think you've made up this coworker. I don't think this is a real person. <laughs> I mean, like some of my coworkers listen to the show, so I <laughs> they'll they'll vouch for it. I I don't know how none of them use Twitter, or if they do, they don't follow me because I post nudes on Twitter, and it's probably <laughs> weird for them if they did follow me. Yeah, right. I, yeah, I can see that. What um, what was both of your favorite set pieces in the film? Like, what was your favorite location to go to? I think just the preposterousness of the the barrel triangle the barrel triangle like what is that triangle. yeah the or the one in the warehouse where basically oh, like where yeah, they the, run the two, into each like, other yeah where they run yes. into each other twice that's always so good because it's like this does not because no warehouse is set up like that no no, no it's very absolutely silly not. and it's like it's like they're always timed perfectly to run into each other there it's amazing um, I'm trying to think of like hub and spoke warehouse configurations and they just don't <laughs> exist. I <laughs> will tell you my favorite part. My favorite set in the movie was when they are driving to the punk bar and they go through a fucking Looney Tunes ass tunnel <laughs> with yeah. signs that are like, hey, buddy, you're gone too far. Yes, you. It's so good. I love it so much. Yeah, it's it's like a roller coaster. It's like, okay, you've been warned, and then you drive through the mouth of a troll or something, and it's like, this does not... <laughs> what is this? What in the Batman and Robin is happening right now? Yeah, it's it so a very good. Batman and Robin Joel segment. Schumacher co-directed this movie. <laughs> I, the whole movie is like that. Like, when they steal money from the bank, it is literally in canvas bags with dollar signs oh, on oh, them. Oh, yeah, it's it's so early 2000s it's very spy kids it's very like inspector gadget 2 style like it's <laughs> yes it's why it. the vibe that i got from this movie is that it wasn't intended to be like a serious movie it's a oh, it's like absolutely a, it's a not. No, no not at all 
Yeah. Um, my favorite location in the movie was definitely like the punk bar. It's just very fun to see like a scene in a movie where you go to this place where like everybody's just like generically cartoon punks. None of them are like real human beings. They're just like crazy weirdos, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's always very. I fun have some bones like, to pick with that bar. You feel like Batman's gonna roll up and start kicking ass any second. The 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 outside decor on that bar was amazing. I loved it. Mm-hmm. The people in the bar, fantastic. I have some problems with the props department. <laughs> uh, there's the props department in this movie. Did they they did some shit in in, in the movie? With the props. And- yeah, so do we, do we want to run through our issues with the props department? Uh, number one, the giant laser that is meant to blow up Australia has a toy lightsaber taped to it. <laughs> number two, the the long distance microphone that they use is literally a children's toy. I had one of those things. That's amazing. Uh, number three, the, the Asian character was using an Uzi but mm-hmm. firing it in manual fire mode? <laughs> I, I don't think Uzis have a manual fire mode. I don't I don't know. I just love that they they just they just love they have like all of this super high-tech spy stuff, but it's all in such an early 2000s package. Like when she pulls out like her like whatever uh deactivation for the force field, plaid force field or whatever. It's like a 2002 flip phone. And mm-hmm. it's like, I get it that it's 2002 or 2004 or whatever, and that's the technology you have available. But you would think the super spy organization would have a little bit more than that, I guess. Sim- simply impossible. Unless. Yeah. Unless. They're all designed to look like current technology so that it's not suspicious if you get stopped. Well, that 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 is what it is. But... It's very stupid because you get you get the impression that they don't know how to innovate past the point that Steve Jobs can do. I don't think they're worried about suspicion because the newspaper delivery dude fucking throws the newspaper through the force field and it just gets annihilated. Yeah, people are very, very <laughs> oblivious. I have to say that for some reason, the punk bar gave me the weirdest sense of deja vu like I had been to that bar before. Mm-hmm. Okay, I specifically that outside view of it like there's there's a part in seattle like there's a place in seattle that just looks like that we can and, look up filming locations and it just like i was like i've been to that fucking bar i haven't <laughs> this is no goddamn way i've been to that bar but it, I, it was weird okay so my two my two gripes with the punk bar are first I've never been to a punk bar that has a foosball table. Mm-hmm. And I go to a lot of punk bars. <laughs> it's very like colorful and flashy for a punk bar, for sure. It's colorful Wait. and flashy. I mean, like m- maybe less flashy, but definitely colorful. Punk bars usually have every surface covered in like gaudy stickers. Well, so so what I'm yes. curious is about is do you think that punks don't like foosball? Like, I'm, I'm sure that they're not, they don't have a huge proclivity towards sports. Who does? But, like, foosball's for everybody, you know? Right. But it's not something you usually play at a punk bar, because you usually go into a punk bar for live music. Mm-hmm. This foosball table is something that Scarface specifically requested you think so okay i could see that if he's been there it's 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 how he makes his move is he challenges girls to foosball exactly Mm -hmm. he's he hasn't got it to work yet (laughs) no it fucking works for him in the movie well yeah because she's the first girl to ever beat him at foosball he goes hard and doesn't stop doesn't let up and then everyone's like ugh, gross right what I think is really funny about the punk bar is that it's it's very clearly like some 40 year old producer's idea of what punks are like, because you've got like some yeah. pretty classic movie punks. But then a lot of people like walking around with like Union Jack on their shirt and you don't get the <sighs> sense that that's supposed to be ironic, like that they would generally no. think that punks in 2004 would wear that. Yeah, it was it was pretty wild. <laughs> the other thing that I hated about that bar is what kind of punk bar serves Dos Equis and bar? Mm, 
<laughs> well, one that you have to drive through a Looney Tunes ass tunnel to get to. <laughs> yeah, I feel it's like true, it's true. These may maybe that's the thing. Maybe they're not punks. Maybe they're all like super villains and they're dressing up as punks as a cover. And really, they're all just a bunch of posers. Okay, so I can buy that. That would fully that explains everything. Yes. Yeah, and okay. then the next week you go in Punk there and it's explained. like like a preppy college bar. You know, it like changes types every week or so. Okay, so we have to find out what week they're having mod week, and we'll go for mod week. <laughs> hey, listeners, I'm super excited to have Mia recording with us this week. She's super awesome, and you should absolutely go check out her podcast, Cynical Cartoons. She just finished releasing all five Shrek episodes, and they are all a blast. This week, we have an Apple Podcasts review from Sim Samara. Thank you so much for the five-star review. It really means a lot to us. And you too, dear listener, can get a shout-out on the show if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. This week's Patreon shout-out is Claire West. Claire, thank you so much for your continued support. It really means the world to us to have such a dedicated support system. And thank you to the rest of our patrons. Thanks to you, we are well on our way to covering our hosting and software costs. If you're able to help us out financially, you can head on over to patreon.com slash sosasmedia. There you'll get access to Patreon-exclusive episodes and bonus content like our upcoming Sosa's Media Jackbox Hangout Night. You can also help us out by telling a friend about the podcast. Telling a friend is recommended by 100% of Doctors Surveyed. Hi, I'm Dr. Ashley, and this is my favorite podcast on the Citadel. And now, a word from the crew of the Aurum. Interior, the mess hall on the Aurum. Man, it sure is great to wake up to a nice, refreshing cup of coffee. Wait. Who are you talking to? Why, Plex. Our wonderful listeners, of course. <laughs> course. Just like the coarse grind I get on my coffee from Grinding Coffee Co. What kind of spice are you on? Listeners? Coffee? Why, the delicious spice of my medium roast Mexican chocolate coffee blend, my friend, delivered straight to our airlock in an airtight bag. The beans are as fresh as the day they were roasted. I'm so confused. You're not talking any sense. I'm talking about Grindin' Coffee Co. Why don't you tell her and our dear listeners a little bit more, Miss Narrator? Thanks, Space Dumpster. Grinding Coffee Co. is a black and LGBTQ plus owned coffee business that delivers coffee straight to your door. They have a coffee for everyone from K-cups to cold brew to blended and more. Available in whole bean, ground, or espresso grind. I did not sign up to be on a haunted ship. No matter what time you order, your coffee is always roasted the day it ships, so you're guaranteed fresh coffee. When you're ready to get yourself some fine coffee, head over to the referral link in the show notes and enter code SOSA as a checkout for 10% off your order. Oh, what the actual criff. That's all for the mid-roll this week. Kat, Kira, and Mia have some more movie talk, so let's get back to some unsound theories. I've noticed this movie is extremely smoking forward mm-hmm. yeah lots of smoking in this movie but, like it doesn't make any goddamn sense well for the time was that subversive or was that just like the mpa hadn't cracked down on that yet like were they doing that because this they were is... like people say we shouldn't smoke in our movies so we're gonna fucking do it anyway this this has to have been like well past the time when smoking in movies stopped being prevalent yeah that's a I wonder. Yeah, i'm trying to think like thank you for smoking came out around this time so that makes sense yeah, yeah. and the th- like the the thing that I'm getting is the the thing that I'm thinking about is like when when was smoking banned in restaurants, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, why did they choose the character who looks like she's twelve to be the smoker of the team? Listen, no um no no shade against people that look young, like she's clearly an adult, so like No, but it did make me think that this was supposed to be about high school girls at first. And I was like, why are they having a 16 year old smoke in this movie? But I think that if you were watching the film with sound or with subtitles as it's intended to be viewed, um, all of the characters in the first two or three minutes say, hi, I'm I'm, you know, Amy, I'm 19 years old. Hi, I'm Stacy. I'm 22. Uh, I never learned how to fucking read. I'm old enough to legally buy and smoke cigarettes. Yeah, they go to the store and they they hand over their ID and the person behind the counter says, yep, you're old enough. This is definitely a real ID. 
and they say, I know that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> he said, like, that's the thing I don't get is like, it, it, maybe were they in high school? Because they're taking standardized tests. I think they were supposed to be in college. Yeah, I think I think they're in college for sure. Um, I just want to I do want to. Um, what just, college just, wears uniforms, though? That's the thing. Like, they're it's for Deb's university. Well, they, they have uniforms because they're super spies. Yeah, isn't they, it like a they spy go to school, like a special... or is it just that the four of them are spies and they go to a normal school like totally spies? It's definitely a fully spy school because it's like there's like Deb's branding and shit everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Also, That's can true. we talk about how they had a like a frat paddle in their fucking house? Oh my that god, said Deb's on it, but in Greek. <laughs> oh, that's weird. I, I okay, so I did note that the the like director and producer are the same person for this movie from that's the credits. Never good. Yeah, she. That's usually not a good sign. No, no, no. It it is. It's she, director, writer, and editor. Well, the writer was was Joss Whedon. She was um she she made the short film that this is based off of. So she made a short film about two lesbian spies like falling in love with each other from different sides. And then got to make a full feature film and like made sure that it was still going to be gay as shit. That's good. Yeah, it sounds I... like you did research on this movie. Yeah, I did a little bit of research on this movie. I read a little bit of the Wikipedia, but I still don't know what it's about or what any of the characters' names are. <laughs> I was just curious <laughs> because I kept seeing her name pop up. Okay, that's fair. Um, and because I was curious of what the uh, the actresses were in, one of them was in this and the short it was based off of. Interesting. Do we think this takes place in the Spy Kids universe? I didn't see Danny Trejo. I have no evidence to back that up. I'm not sure. We don't see Carmen and Junior, their parents, show up, so I'm going to say no. Okay. Yeah. And machete's that's fair. not in it either. Yeah. Because that's the best part is the Machete franchise is technically part of the Spy Kids franchise mm -hmm. because Danny Trejo is playing the same character in both of the Spy Kids movies <laughs> and in Machete. Right. Machete himself, the yeah. economist. Yeah. Um, Do the Spy Kids ever show up in the Machete franchise? I don't remember. I, think, I don't think so. Okay. I thought maybe Carmen did. I don't remember. I don't remember which one's Carmen and which Carmen, one's Junie. Carmen is the no, sister. No, I do remember. Yeah. Carmen was also, um, the actress was also in Repo the Genetic Opera, one of the worst movies I've ever seen and was obsessed <laughs> with in high school. I've never seen it. Would you recommend it? Uh, that, that one was uh, one that got recommended it, to me alongside Sweeney Todd a lot. So those are forever entwined in my mind. Um, okay, so my recommendation is to listen, to watch the movie mm -hmm. if you feel so inclined. And then listen to the System Mastery episode where they talk about it. Mm -hmm. Because that episode took me on a whole series of flashbacks to being a weird theater kid in high school and having parties with my theater friends where we would watch Repo, The Genetic Opera, and Rocky Horror. Oh my mm -hmm. god, Kat. We were those kind See, of... So I didn't I didn't have that high school experience, so you're saying that this wouldn't have the same effect it on me. It might not land like. for you. Yeah, seems like it might the not. The only thing that um, drama class got me in high school was almost suspended. <clears throat> I think we've talked about this before, right? Maybe. Definitely in private conversation but do you want to have this on the podcast uh, yeah so uh i took drama in high school for one semester and uh it was like near christmas time and we had a white elephant gift exchange with the class the thing that i ended up with was a little flask and i was like cool I'm just going to drink water out of this. We did which, talk about this. Which I did, and then almost got suspended for having alcohol paraphernalia at school. Alcohol paraphernalia. Yeah. Wow. That sounds like a rare disease. <laughs> like you would hear somebody in a Spider-Man movie be like, yes, alcohol paraphernalia. You have three weeks to live, and then the guy's like, oh, no. I'm going to become a fucking wizard to fix this. <laughs> Uh, okay what would your really terrible spider-man villain sona be mm. it's gotta be something like incredibly goofy like the vulture yeah yeah i mean if it was a cool one i would have like a bass guitar and i would like play a chord and it would just like fucking thrash you know everybody's heads would explode mm -hmm. and then spider-man right. would like his the way that he beats me is to like put webbing in his ears and then come at me really 
Um, I think my super uh, my my Spider Man villain persona would be the Marmoset, mm. and yeah, like my good. whole deal would be like being able to climb and like you know swing from building to building, similar to Spider Man, and like we'd have to have aerial battles. You get sued by him for like infringing on his copyright or what? Yeah, basically, I start out as like a small time bit hero, and then. Mm-hmm. You you want to be like Spider his sidekick and then like syndrome style, right? You get sent right, astray. and then he, yeah, he, he, I get sent astray by a lawsuit from Spider Man's lawyers, <laughs> and <laughs> I become a villain instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's true because because if you're a good. villain, then you're not infringing on his copyright anymore. Then you can do whatever you want because you're not a superhero. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I. I don't know that I would wear like a costume or anything, but I would seduce and date uh what the fuck is her name? Mary Jane and it would make Mary Jane Watson? Yes. Um and it would just sort of make Spider-Man question his like masculinity and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you're sort of an Eddie Brock type but not like a douchebag guy. Yeah, like like what if Eddie Brock was mm-hmm. a lesbian? Yeah. Yeah, Eddie Brock should be like that. Would make Venom hotter. Yeah, I mean, you guys have have you seen have you seen Venom? Because Venom in that movie does get force femmed, um, and it's pretty good, honestly. Okay, I need to watch this movie now. (laughs) Yeah, it's really good because um, Uh, the the Venom gets on Michelle Williams's character, who like comes to find Eddie, and just like for some reason, it's like. like girl version of Venom just has like these huge tits and like a just like very sculpted ass. And you're like, oh, okay. So like no women worked on this movie, huh? It was just all (laughs) dudes. Yeah. And you didn't expect any women to come see this movie. Okay, cool. That sounds about right. Yeah, Yeah, that that does sound about right. Alas, do we think this movie takes place in the Unsound Theoryverse. Do I think that Lucy Diamonds wanted to blow up Australia for neck drug reasons? That's a good question. I think it doesn't. I think this is one of the few movies we've watched that doesn't take place in the Unsound Theories extended universe. I agree. Here's my reasoning. It is so smoking forward. They're smoking because they don't have neck drug. Mm. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah, that's true. Usually people get their nicotine through neck drug, don't they? Nicotine. 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 Thank you. <laughs> Isn't all nicotine nicotine, <laughs> though? Like, how else are you going to get it inside your body? I guess the patch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, plus, no, Flapjaw just has a crusade against drunk driving. Yeah. There's no, like, there's no smoking element to it because it was a 50s movie so everyone was smoking all the time i think i mm. uh, i think last episode we did talk about how Flopjaw was created by the time agency to <laughs> necessitate the production of neck drug in society yeah that was that was a that was a movie we watched the movie predestination mm-hmm but, stars um ethan hawk i haven't seen it yet but i want to and oh boy it sounds like a wild time oh boy i love the the story it's based on i read all you zombies in college and it it uh, it smashed my mind with a rock i haven't actually read (laughs) yeah it's a it's a it's a lot it is a lot um cat do you do you want to and tell us what the movie is about yeah do we want to break for a mid-roll like we normally do like yeah do we want (laughs) to pretend to break for a mid-roll and then let emma edit some stuff in like we always do yeah absolutely (laughs) it's time for a mid-roll mid-roll okay that's that's it that's That's the mid-roll that's okay so let's let's do that thing where we read the wikipedia article and try to uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. okay 
So Debs is a 2004 American action comedy film written and directed by Angela Robinson, a feature-length version of Robinson's 2003 short film of the same name, follows the relationship between spy-in-training Amy Bradshaw and supervillain Lucy Diamond. Uh, So the plot summary is as follows. Embedded in the SAT is a secret test that determines aptitude for espionage. Women who score highly on the test are recruited into Debs. Discipline, energy, beauty, strength. A clandestine paramilitary academy. I hate that so much. I know. I hate it so much. Four Debs. Squad leader Max, naive Janet, promiscuous Dominique, and Amy, who dreams of attending art school despite being the academy's top recruit, are tasked by Ms. Petrie and Mr. Phipps, the head of Debs, to surveil supercriminal Lucy Diamond. They observe Lucy on what they believe to be a meeting... With Russian asset, oh god, this one's gonna kill me. Uh, Ninochka Kaprova, only to learn the women are on a blind date. It was a date. The date ends with a shootout between Lucy and the multiple intelligence agencies surveilling her. As Lucy escapes, she's caught in a standoff with Amy, where they share a friendly moment in which Amy informs Lucy that she's writing her senior thesis about her. Lucy escapes when Amy's attention wavers and the Debs praise Amy for being the only person to have ever faced Lucy and lived. That night, Lucy visits Amy and coerces her, along with Janet, who also witnesses Lucy speaking to Amy into training her at a nightclub. Lucy and Amy grow closer and are about to kiss, but are cock-blocked by Janet. Uh, that's me editorializing. It does say interrupted by Janet. <laughs> yeah. No, your your accuracy is important here. Yeah. The next day, Amy is promoted to squad leader, replacing Max. They respond to a bank heist orchestrated by Lucy, which she has committed in order to see Amy again. They kiss and run off together. Debs assume Amy has been kidnapped and organize a nationwide manhunt to find her. On the basis of a tip from the jealous Ninochka, they discover Amy and Lucy are ha- while they are having sex. They're doing the sex. Doing sexy. Ms. Petrie prepares to exile Amy, but Max convinces her to claim that Amy was brainwashed in order to protect the reputation of both Debs and Amy. And in an attempt to win Amy back, Lucy returns everything she's ever stolen. She infiltrates the Debs year end dance where Amy is to be made Deb of the year, only to hear Amy deliver a speech about her experience as Lucy's captive. When Amy and Lucy's eyes meet, Amy retracts her entire speech and runs off stage to be with Lucy. Max, Janet, and Dominique give their blessings to Lucy and Amy and allow them to make their escape. Lucy and Amy ride off into the night, head on one another's shoulders. Aww. That's the, the end of the movie where they're like driving together and like, you know, cuddled up and resting on right. each other's shoulders and all that. That was cute. That gave me like gay feelings. I mean, all yeah. of it was cute as shit. Even not being able to hear any of it or know what was going on, it was very nice to see just like a normal teen comedy action movie with a queer romance at the center of it from 2004. Yeah. Like it's that weird thing of like, like it's hard to even believe that that culture existed before. I don't know, like the last like 10 years because it just wasn't part of media before, you know, it's the reason why a 3.5 million budget movie made 97,000 at the box office because it was about queer people. <laughs> well, I mean, and, I hate and you that can, for this movie. And I don't know what they were saying in the movie, but like, it didn't seem like it would be a PG 13. Like it, it, it seemed like, like everything that I saw was like, yeah, this movie gets like a three or a four out of five for sexual content. And I was like, why? Think because it, they, they, they kiss two times. Girls kiss, even though. Oh. Yeah. They, they also do. They also were naked having sex. They were... Okay, I don't I mean, remember that. Maybe of. I wasn't looking. Maybe that was at a part in Dark Side of the Moon where I was just really entranced by the music. They, um, I mean, they weren't... Like, the the other girls walk in and they're, like, wrapped up in blankets. And they yeah, are naked. Yeah, but, like, that's sexual content. I remember the guy at the beginning being shirtless. I don't remember them. I'll have to watch the movie again. I mean, there's definitely where the 12-year-old... Asian girl like wakes up and there's like every time she wakes up there's a half naked dude in her bed. To clarify, she is absolutely not twelve years old. She is a she is an adult woman. (laughs) That actress is probably like twenty (laughs) four. Yeah, Uh, she played a prostitute in Sin City the same year. (laughs) I honestly felt 
uh, offended by that the heterosexuality that was shoved in my face. Mm. That was in, so that the movie scenes. could get made. That's fair. So do we want to hear about the awards that it was nominated <laughs> for and won? Me, give me awards, yes. How many Razzies? Okay, so none. Great. Okay. Wait a minute. Rosario Dawson was in this movie? I'm looking at the IMDb for the first time. And Benicio Del Toro. I did not recognize any of these people in this movie. Alexis Bledel. It had Michael this Clark Duncan, up. too. Well, I knew Michael Clark Duncan was in the movie. Yeah. I need to watch this again. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I kind of want to, too. Okay, so awards <laughs> and nomination. At the Berlin International Film Festival won the reader jury of the Siegesaule Award. My German reading is not what it used to be. Uh, basically, it won an award from the jury for being a good movie somehow. Um, it was nominated for two awards at the Black Movie Awards. Outstanding achievement in writing and outstanding performance by an actress in a leading role. I good. I do need to clarify for a minute <laughs> that I was reading the cast list to Sin City on accident. <laughs> Don't mind me. I know that. <laughs> I was like, where was Rodario Dawson in the background of this movie? Oh, there's Michael Clark Duncan. That makes sense. He's in both the movies. Yeah, okay. So I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Hartnett, what? Yeah, no, he's not in this movie. <laughs> oh, Lord. oh my I'm so god! Stupid. I'm gonna resign from this podcast in shame. Goodbye. <laughs> we have some Amazon reviews. Oh, yeah. um, our first review is a three-star review from Leslie, um, titled "Product Good." Uh, the review reads. Haven't seen this movie yet to determine if I like it or not. I have heard good things about it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Left a review. What, wait, what, how many stars is the review? Movie? Three. <laughs> Three stars out of five. Three stars. Okay. Yes. They, well, they, they haven't determined, so they gave it as middling a review as they could. Yes. They wanted to circle around back to it later, and they forgot. Um, we have a review from ArielFan72. And there, this review is titled Movie underscore one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. The text of the review reads LOL. Acting is not bad. The script is bad. One of the Debs is hot. Worth five ninety nine, maybe. Which one? Which one do you think they was they thought was hot? Uh, they were they were all pretty hot though. Like um, Maybe they meant maybe they meant Amy. And they just, like, weren't watching the movie very closely. Uh, yeah, certainly not as closely as us. Another person gives also gives it three stars and titles their review, Gift. Purchased as a gift. I have not received a review yet. Recipient was thankful and grateful. Gift was on wish list. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, we have a four-star review from Anonymous titled, <clears throat> Debs, more like dabs. <laughs> I watched it with my girlfriend, damn girl, and pretty much ew, but funny ew, you know? Not a movie I would willingly watch again, but entertaining nonetheless. We love Scud a lot, but he did say one bad word. We will fix it in our Debs remake. And then, P.S., the French girl could have been better, but we still love her. The French girl? Was Maybe that's why she was smoking. Because that stereotype exists. Oh, no, no. I was thinking I was thinking that you misheard the Russian accent and that that girl was actually French. Maybe. Huh. Let me let me look at the characters and see which one could have been French. Um, I have no clue, honestly. It could have been uh, the main girl, Jordana, or the main villain, Jordana Brewster. That's Diamond possible. Electra or whatever her name was. Lucy Diamond. Lucy Diamond. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess that we'll know. I guess we'll never know. I mean, I was going to rewatch the movie, but I think that's against the rules of your podcast, right? Apparently this character in this movie played by Jill Ritchie, who is um, the younger sister of Kid Rock. <laughs> Do you think there's any Kid um, Rock songs in the movie that we missed out on? Yes. Whole oh, God, I hope Whole so. Whole soundtrack, Kid Rock. Whole soundtrack. Oh, oh God, please no. I have one final Amazon review for us mm -hmm. from okay. HK Big B who sounds like a droid in Star Wars, HK Big B. Um, 
titled Second Try to Place My Review. HK Big B gives it one star and he says, was really <clears throat> dedicated to placing this review. Yes. First, I wrote my review a week ago, but don't know why Amazon just deleted my review. Maybe they want to sell more DVD as I give this movie only one star. Hopefully, this time can get it post. This movie's so bad, boring. No action, no comedy, really worst. Just a lesbian love story only. I don't find it romantics or any touching. <laughs> One star. One star. This movie is not any touching. It's not any touching. Not. <laughs> Wait, were, were they intending Which to masturbate to it? They were like, oh, lesbian movie. I... <laughs> and then they watched it. And they were like, I can't jerk off to this. <laughs> wow. I did actually just find one review that we absolutely have to hear because it's destroying my brain. <clears throat> uh, this is a five-star review by Jeanette Rogers titled A Beautiful Movie. <laughs> so it's always good when can't finish the review without laughing. Okay. Has not even started the review and is laughing. Oh god, this is like a very classic Justin Two Takes McElroy moment. Mm -hmm. Okay, I could do this. Don't get me wrong. In this lifetime, I didn't set out to be or pretend to be a movie connoisseur. But currently, I'm 60 years old. And a white heterosexual male, by the way, though my wife mm -hmm. doesn't know I'm writing this review. <laughs> And must have seen thousands, several thousands of movies. Now I have seen Debs at least three times on my 37-inch TV. <laughs> Liked it enough to buy the DVD. It's fun and vastly entertaining, just as it says on the DVD cover. Anyway, okay. just received the DVD today, and I watched it on my big screen, projector plus 92-inch screen. Wow, even better. And I've noticed you get to see every single flaw in a movie when you watch it on a big screen. Devs, no flaws worth talking about. This man did jerk off. The writer this person jerked off for the first time they had in 20 years. Yeah. I believe the writer slash director, Angela Robinson, applies an I in quotes, <laughs> absolutely comparable to the famed Japanese director Kurosawa to oh. each and every single scene in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no intention to belittle Kurosawa, but in his movies, every now and then you would be stricken by a fabulous framed shot. In this movie under review, Debs, those fabulous shots are so commonly encountered, they look commonplace. I now, don't honestly, understand what movie this man movie on my new big screen. I'm rather certain I have my priorities all screwed up. That is to say, thinking about the camera angles, picture quality, beautifully framed shots, those are all wonderful. But hey, this is a very pleasing love story. Genders be damned. A good plot, a quote-unquote real script, happy ending, and the more I think about it, a good movie for all ages. Well, let's face it, Shakespearean plays were done with an all-male cast playing all the genders. It made no difference. So here we have a, a love story featuring two girls. I think any young ones pre-adolescents watching this would consider it just a fun play. <laughs> I'll shut up in a minute, but I have to think that Angela Robinson put more exhaustive thought, more tireless oh. fashion sense, and more artistic eye and sensitivity into this movie than I've ever seen before in any other. End of review. Eight people found this helpful. <laughs> when was this review written? November 1st, 2007. Okay, so he just hadn't seen movies before. <laughs> no, he's seen thousands. Yeah, several he's thousands years of old. movies. He's seen so many movies. <laughs> I just don't understand. Oh, God. That, like, that kind of... That's like the inverse Bob G. <laughs> That is inverse Bob G. Yes. His wife doesn't know he's writing that review. <laughs> Was there anything else we wanted to talk about in this movie? Or are we done? I think we're done. Mia, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, yeah, anybody listening can go check out 
cynical cartoons podcast and follow me on twitter at stop tweeting mia um my podcast is is good and you will like it also i just want to say about deb's um it's fucking great that like a queer black woman in 2004 got to make like a teen queer action comedy with a budget absolutely with a little bit of a budget that's really fucking good and the fact that it didn't perform well in the box office is um probably more to say about like probably more about society than it is about the quality of the film itself i bet deb's is pretty good you know whose office it did perform well in <laughs> well mine but also that one 60 year old dudes yeah that's right i don't know like like visually the movie reminds me of like josie and the pussycats and like a lot of early 2000s like right. cheesy girl pop movies that i really love so i will watch this again with sound and probably enjoy it quite a bit Uh, And if you're looking for an episode of Cynical Cartoons to start with, I personally recommend the Cadillacs and Dinosaurs episode because that has Emma in it. (laughs) That was a good episode. I'm only a little bit biased because I'm going to marry her, but that's neither here nor there. Are you announcing this on the podcast right now? Does Emma know this? (laughs) Yes, because we... It's a really... She can feel free to edit this out, but we like were anxiety not able to sleep at like three o'clock in the morning and then i proposed to her like like calling her on the phone and we still don't have rings but we'll figure that out eventually it was it was cute and then i was sleep deprived and said well hell looks like i got me a fiance and then posted a (laughs) cowboy emoji (laughs) and now that's like a thing between us i'm so glad that's that's adorable i approve of this i approve of deb's thanks for Uh, listening we, we sure didn't. didn't. <laughs> Unsound Theories is a production of So Says Media. For the latest updates, follow our Twitter account at So Says Media. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Comedy is best enjoyed together. All music on this episode was created by Sounds Like an Earful. Visit soundslikeanearful.com for more. Until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>